Carolina. Talk shoe. Recorded live. Live. Recorded live. Recorded live in my basement. Welcome to the Five Minute Major. Uh, it is the 8th of March. It is I, Nick, in New York. And with me is the full crew, uh, the full Five Minute Major crew. I have Doubles, I have Mason, and I have Mike Berg. Gentlemen, uh, how are we doing tonight? Start with you, Mason. Oh, just just great. Um, catching up on this uh, Stellar Wild game. So, just, I'm well, getting worse. I guess I'm saying I'm getting worse. As I was going to say, you're going to go south. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mike Berg, what's the story tonight, sir? Oh, feeling good, feeling good tonight. Uh, The game was a bummer, but, you know, shit happens. Okay, fair. (laughs) I like it. Nice and zen. And Doubles, uh, how are you tonight this this evening? All right, all right. (laughs) Okay, good. All right. (laughs) We move on. Okay, so uh, the Minnesota Wild just lost in regulation to the Colorado Avalanche, avoiding... The Avalanche avoided the series, season series sweep uh, with the win, a 3-2 final that frankly was not as close, I think, as the score indica- may indicate. Um, the Avalanche played a pretty good road game. The Wild did not capitalize on chances. Uh, and in any event, frankly, given the run that the Wild has been on, you know we were due for a, lo- a loss here sooner or later. And the question and what, I th- what I'd like to spend some time talking about t- this evening is uh, whether, you know, you know, sort of the prospects for and the, the architecture behind how this one loss uh, balloons into two or three or four losses or how they can avoid that. Because one loss we can, we can you know, sort of withstand. Two, three, four losses we really cannot. So um, let's get right into it. Uh, let's start talking uh, to uh, Mason this evening. And Mason, you know, in general, in, in your hist- history watching the game and your experience, you know, what are the things that you see when uh, you know a team has a loss that starts that turns into you know sort of a, a losing streak? You know what's the difference between a loss and a losing streak, or a loss and I guess preventing a losing streak when you've watched as you've watched hockey over your years of watching hockey? I, I think especially for the Wild, since you know obviously boy like ninety five percent of the hockey I've, I've watched in in my uh, my professional hockey viewing career is have have been Wild games. So. The the funny thing that just follows follows the team and it probably is consistent with other viewers of their teams is, um, you, you know you know you can see it coming, you can see the team playing and and it feels like they're playing like they can see it coming. It, it's it's just that you know they're like all right we'll we better not you know screw up this next play and then it unfolds and does exactly that they screw it up and you know it happens over and over again t- in order to um, you know become a streak rather than just one, you know, bad loss or, or one loss within a, you know, otherwise consistent play. So I think it's just um, overthinking certainly uh, certainly comes into it. They, they, they can't, they can't enter the next game thinking about this one. They have to remember what, I'm sorry, my cat wants to interject, but um, go, go lick your butt somewhere else. Thank you. Go, go. Awesome. So um, they just can't, they just can't think about the loss. <laughs> In my Record it live. <laughs> Record it on our cat's butt. Um, they they've got to they've got to keep in mind just playing the game the way that has been successful uh, this entire time uh, since um, whatever it was the fifteenth of of January AD as uh, Dubs like to say after Dubnik. So um, that's what Mike, I think they have to do. Well, Mike, you saw the game as did I on TV live, um, recorded live. 
do you think that they, I mean, did they play tonight as they have been playing and then just got unlucky or they have played a little bit better or whatever? Or did you see a team that was getting away from the, what they have been doing the last month and a half? I thought that the first half of the game, Varlamov was playing really good. And I think there are times when a goalie is playing really good against the Wild and that just gets right into their heads and they let it get to them. And that goalie is just able to, to just kind of own them. Um, and, you know, we, we've, we've seen it every time the Wild face a backup goalie and the backup goalie makes a couple of good saves and then it's just like, oh, shit, it's happening. It's on. And and that's just what happens. Um, you know, so I, I do think Varlamov played really good until he got that stinger uh, from Matt Dumba, and I really wish Matt Dumba would have just let her rip every time he went out. Just, you know, from anywhere on the ice, just, you know, just, you know, just shoot it right at Varlamov. You know, just make him pay every time he stands in front of a Matt Dumba shot. Um, and, you know, it, was, it wasn't until late in the game when he finally had to come out and they put in their backup goalie, and that's when we scored the second goal of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really thought that, you know, Varlamov played well early on. That kind of got in the Wilds' heads. And, and that's what happens with this team. Um, you know, at the same time, and we've heard this before, I kept thinking, you know, I, I kind of had my eye on the game in the second period. Uh, I wasn't paying full attention, but I was kind of half watching it in the second period. And it, every time I looked up at the TV, the Wild were in the avalanche zone and they were pinning them in. Um, they were doing that quite a bit in the second period. And I just thought to myself, man, if they keep this up, they can get right back in this game. And how many times have we heard that, you know, the play, you know, the players will say, yeah, man, the coach just said, just keep, you know, just stay on our game and, and we'll get it back. Um, and, and I really thought that that would happen in this game. And, it, you know, it just didn't. And that third goal just killed them when, when the Avalanche came out and scored quickly to begin the third. Um, that really hurt the Wild, I thought. Landis Carr's goal. Um, yeah. Doubles. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, let's get inside this um, so-called rivalry a little bit. I think, I, I, you know, we talked about this last time. Uh, but tonight, uh, new Wild acquisition, uh, Chris Stewart um, comes out. At the end, of, he, he started the game. End of his shift, McLeod comes out, takes advantage of him at the end of his shift, uh, and they drop, throw, you know, a decently long bout. The linesman let him go, uh, I think. And um, uh, after that, it seemed to me like the game settled down. Is is, is that, you know, you know, I, you know, we haven't really talked about this, but what's your sort of overall stance on fighting in hockey, and to, and does that work for you? Is is that a legitimate play? And and also, I want to get your thoughts on that from a from an officials an on ice official standpoint as well. When you when you know when you see a game getting ch- chippy, and, and granted, you probably don't cover too many or do too many games where there's fighting a lot. But um, no no offense. <laughs> but um, uh, you, you know, I mean, do you think that that kind of play in hockey? can have, uh, you know, sort of an additive effect to the overall flow of the game. Is there a policing angle when it comes to NHL hockey? In today's day and age, the way it all went down tonight is exactly how the NHL would hope it would go down. Uh, The two, you know, the two noted guys that are going to throw down, go out there and do their thing. The linesmen sit back and let them go until they're tired and what was it, 40-some seconds into the game, and yeah. then all of a sudden we've got a legit hockey game and, you know, all the nonsense after the whistle and everything and the cheap shots, all of that stuff just goes away when the enforcers do their thing, you know, kind of the way it's intended in this day and age. Now, 
I used to be a frequent contributor to the forums on HockeyFights.com. I just, ever since I was a young kid, whenever the gloves would come off, I would go absolutely nuts. So I couldn't even sit still watching guys throw down. Um, Reading the uh, New York Times piece on Derek Bugard and how difficult his last few months were, uh, his last several months, ever since the trade from Minnesota to New York, um, ever since then, I have done a complete 180 on fighting. I am now completely against it. Um, guys are so big and so strong now. I really do feel like it's only a matter of time before uh, somebody pays the ultimate price in, a, in an NHL game. I know it's happened in other levels of play, but uh, it's, I don't know, I, I think it's, Sadly, I think it's going to happen. It's going to be completely preventable, and it's going to be a horrific tragedy. Um, as far as from an officiating standpoint, you know, I, I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear that when stuff is going on on the ice like that, you know, if two guys start chirping each other or whatever, you know, sometimes you'll see an official come in and start talking to them. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would be surprised to learn that more often than not, the officials are saying, all right, ladies, either drop the purses and start throwing, or you're both going to go sit down. Hmm. Um, so they're not always necessarily trying to defuse a fight, but it's either, all right, either, you know, let's go, or let's play hockey, one of the two. We're not going to sit there and play dink touch all night and dick around between whistles. Get it going. <laughs> Shit or get off the pot. <laughs> But okay, I, 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 I would I would much rather just see two guys throw down than see all the, you know, pushing and shoving. Cheap shot. My dad, my dad can kick your dad's ass after the whistle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Either throw <laughs> down half or inches. not. Right. Yeah, that's I, – I, I, th- I think that that I, – I agree with what you're saying there. Um, uh, I, I think that – and it occurred to me as you were saying that there may be the reason – Wad doesn't start McLeod there is because then we don't have one of those situations that looks so premeditated that everybody hates. And so as questionable as it was for him to put McLeod out at the end of the last game, uh, which led to that crap, maybe that's why sort of he didn't start him in that game to prevent that, you know, sort of right off the face off, uh, high noon, you know, the okay corral kind of thing. So if that's the case, then frankly credit to credit to him. I mean, you know, that's that's not a move I would have I would have thought that he would make if that's what happened. Um, but but I I think another element of that though that that I appreciated tonight watching it was Stewart being the guy to, to man up, right? I mean, he's really it's, as we talked about. I mean, he, he's he is one of the couple of guys in this team that could do that, uh, which I don't have a problem with. I mean, I'm with you on fighting uh, pretty much all the way through. I used to be really sort of for it, and then I sort of got over it, and now I don't think it's terribly necessary, and certainly not at the enforcer level. Um, but uh, t- tonight it had a purpose, and it did. I think that you saw you know, a game that right afterward was very much just an intense hockey game. And if anything, I think the Avalanche used it more to their advantage, the fight, more to their advantage than the Wild did. It seemed like the the Avalanche um you know, you know, settled down and, and, and really played a very smart road game in my in my opinion. Uh and uh and I think you know, but for periods of the play as as Mike alluded to, um, you know, I think they earned that win tonight at the Avalanche. So uh interesting interesting topic. Now another thing another area I want to go on this, uh in terms of looking ahead for the Wild 
is you know we we've seen it before this year in particular where you know Wa will or excuse me Yo will say you know, we'll, we'll lose a game and Yo will say well you know we've seen the bad habits have started cre- have started to creep in the last couple of games and tonight was just sort of you know them coming to a head and and that a couple of times anyway that has been the beginning of a losing streak. Um, so can we go back to the last couple of games and I mean, again the idea is the Wild you know due for a loss. Uh, and, and so, if this is was that loss, then that's palatable, so long as it doesn't, uh, pr- you know, precede a protracted losing streak. Um, so, c- can we go back over the last couple of games uh, and sort of dis- talk about whether or not we've seen, you know, an erosion in the type of play that that really built this winning streak and this great play for them over the last couple of months. Um, you know, going back, you know, starting with maybe the the Ottawa game, which you know they've won on the last, you know, the three, the five preceding games. But the Ottawa game, three-two uh, victory for the Wild. Uh, the Caps game, a two-one victory for the Wild, and the Canes game the night, the next night, a three-one victory for the Wild. But you know, the Senators game was one where we got up two-zero in the second period, if I recall, and then they came back and tied it up in very short time. We ended up going on to win in the shootout. Um, uh, Mason, did you have any recollection from that game? I mean, was there anything that you saw? Uh, maybe, and did they let up after they got that two-goal lead, and 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 that would be evidence of getting away from their play or anything like that? Well, I, I think I think that's you know natural, and you hate to see it, and, and it's, it's one of those things I was you know mentioning kind of earlier. It's like uh, like okay, no, let's not let up here, boys, and then the boys let up. It's, it drives me nuts. Um, it's it's that sort of thing, and all all three of those are are would be considered you know close games. None of them are barn burners by any means, or or complete lopsided uh lopsided uh wins. Um, so I think you know I think those games are the the kind of games that uh, those good habits as you as you mentioned are the most important. Um, you know because uh, usually if it's a if it's a shit show lopsided kind of win out there, it's usually because one team is just fucking horrible, right? Um, but these closer games um, usually indicate a battle. It's it's a pretty even kind of battle where the mistakes are what turn into goals. So um, I don't I don't think so. I mean, again, I'm I'm you know still watching tonight's game. Uh, but all accounts that I've heard from you guys is that it wasn't necessarily a, a lopsided affair and um, really kind of just got outplayed. Um, and that that'll happen even if you're if you're exhibiting good behaviors. Uh, usually. Uh, Usually it's a goalie that steals it. So um, I don't think I've seen any bad habits, really. Uh, the Ottawa, or I'm sorry, the, uh, you know, a couple of them are a little bit of snooze fests, and those were the road games, if I remember correctly, the Carolina game. And, you know, if you're on the road, you typically want a nice quiet game or a boring game. Uh, it just shows that you're, you know, playing your system on the road and, you know, uh, nothing nothing to see here. Let's just road win and carry on until the next game. So, I, I haven't personally seen any any bad habits, and um, hope hope that continues because that's that's when we talk about uh, one game turning one one loss turning into many. Mike, okay, so the the back to back Thursday Friday two uh, one win in in Washington uh, that was the Capitals got out to the one zero lead in the first, and the Wild scored two in the third, uh, and then the three one victory in Carolina the next night. Uh, the Wild scored first, Carolina tied it up, and then the Wild pulled away in the third with two goals. Anything there that sticks out in your mind as potentially alarming as far as, you know, potential harbinger for uh, bad things to come? Not especially. Um, I thought both those games were 
the type of game where you watch it and, and like I said before, where the Wild just stick to their game plan and, you know, they're able to, to just wear the other team down and, and, and get those goals. I mean, in both those games, we saw sustained pressure. Uh, and we saw that again tonight, too. Um, you know, where, and, and that's when you know, or at least that's when I believe that the Wild are on their game is when they're able to cycle the puck low. You know, they're able to hold on to the puck deep in the other opposing zone, pin the other team down, uh, tire out their defenders, and, and get a couple of shots on net. Um, and, and that's what happened tonight. You know, they they were able to to have some sustained pressure uh, in all three games, uh, and and really just keep the pressure on the opposing defenders and the opposing goalie, uh, and and force the other team to make a mistake. Um, you know, they they even did that today. Uh, just that you know, I thought Varlamov was playing excellent, especially late. You know, in in the second period. Um, you know, he made a couple, I thought, really good saves in the second period, and he was able to, to keep his head in the game. So, um, you know, r- really that that's kind of what I look for. And, and, you know, even going back to the Ottawa game, I mean, o- Ottawa was, you know, red hot, and they still are. I mean, they, they just ripped into the Jets the next night, the night after they played the Wild. So, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, this is a simple I, – I don't think it's a matter of the Wild have been slipping in their game a little bit. I, I just – I think that um, – you know, Doobie got. You know, he 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 let in a bad goal. That second goal was 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 a bad goal. Um, he should have had that one. Um, you know, but for that, uh, I, I didn't see the Landis Cog goal, so I, I can't comment on that. Um, you know, but really, I, I I think the Wild have been actually playing fairly well recently. They just you know they they just let the Colorado Avalanche beat them today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I, and I forget that before I think. Credit to Colorado too. I mean, they played a strong game, and they, you know, I do feel like they earned the win. The Landeskog goal was power play goal. Uh, Puck's kind of rolling around in the crease, and somehow it gets it gets pushed through Doobie's legs, and Landeskog is unchecked on the other side of the crease and just sort of knocks it in. Um, it was Leopold was the back defenseman there, but I thought it was reasonable for him to be trying to find the puck under Doobie as opposed to looking to tie up Landeskog there. So, and I'm going to call that a good power play goal, a good just a good goal. Um, as opposed to necessarily a breakdown, where I agree. I, I, somebody was saying that that second goal bounced uh, in front of Doobie, and that might have messed him up. I, I I didn't see that. I don't know that that's not the case, but I didn't see that. If it didn't bounce, though, that's a bad goal. He just get beat, gets beat clean. He had a good view of it. Puck was uh, more or less uh, towards the middle of the zone along the blue line. So, uh, But nonetheless... You know, again, for as many, as many big saves as he's made, and as many times as he's pulled this team's nuts out of the fire in the last two months, um, you know that might be his what second bad goal now, if it was yep. if it indeed was a bad goal. Uh, doubles. Um, the reset here is the Wild is still in the first wild card position. They have they have used basically their game in hand for all intents and purposes. They now sit with 66 games played, but they are one point ahead uh, of Winnipeg. Winnipeg's in that second spot. Um, then the rest of the the lineup is in the right behind Winnipeg is is uh, L.A. So they're three points back in Winnipeg, four points in Minnesota, with uh, one fewer game played than both of us. Then San Jose with 72 points, so seven points behind Minnesota, same number of games. Colorado 71 points, so eight points behind Minnesota with the same number of games. And Dallas is 11 points behind Minnesota with the same number of games. I think Dallas is out. I think Colorado is all but out as far as uh, not a threat to Minnesota, especially with no more head-to-head with Minnesota. So, um, you know, I, I guess the question is, 
assuming that they fall back to earth a little bit, just because you can't keep winning at an 86, 86 or 87% pace as they have been. Um, you know, how comfortable are you right now? I think that their, their, their odds of making the playoffs has got to be still high 80% range. And, uh, and I, I know you were looking at some of the sort of projected points, total points based on points per game. How comfortable are you right now with where the Wild sits vis-a-vis making the playoffs? I'll preface this by saying I am a born and raised, lived here all my life, Minnesota sports fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm conditioned to, to curl up in the fetal position and just wait for the other shoe to drop. Um, you know, you, you've got Calgary. You know, Calgary loses Giordano, who's clearly a Norris candidate. They lose him, and they keep going. They pulled, you know, even tonight they scored, uh, you know, they scored two goals in the third at Ottawa and tied it with less than three minutes left and still took a loser point out of a game that they probably should have lost uh, in regulation. Um, Winnipeg loses Big Buff for, what, two to four weeks, I think he's estimated to be out, and they keep winning. You know, they won at Nashville last night. It's... uh, I, it's going to be a dogfight, but to your point, Nick, I think we can. I think we can pretty much put a fork in Dallas, Colorado, and San Jose at this point. Um, but I guess the the team that really confounds me is L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, because Calgary doesn't seem like they're going to go away in the Pacific. So I guess uh, kind of where I'm at is, well, I'll just have to keep rooting for, you know, keep rooting for the teams that they're ahead of to keep losing. Um, to throw a little bit of perspective on this loss here tonight, I'm not as bunged up about this loss as some people will be, and I will classify this one along with um, the – most recent loss coming into tonight, which was at home against Edmonton. Uh, if they're going to lose, I'd rather see them lose to teams that they are not competing with head-to-head as far as points go. So, yeah, you know, it's a bummer that they didn't get their two points tonight, but at least it wasn't a four-point game, you know, that they lost to somebody that they're in direct competition of the playoffs with. But uh, I mean, to to throw a little perspective on this here. Wild has 33 points out of a possible... They've gained 33 out of a possible 40 points in 20 games since the All-Star break. That's that's Insane. unbelievable. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they got points in 20 of their last 24 games. You know, I'm totally fine with this loss tonight. They're not going to win every game. Doobie's not going to save their ass every night. So... I, I'm fine with this, but they just hot take. They just got to keep uh, keep ahead of the teams that they're ahead of, and hope uh, hope to maybe get a little bit of help along the way. Game 81 of the season for both Calgary and LA is against each other in Calgary. Oh my God, that's going to be a dog. That's going to be a great game. Uh, for all intents and for all, I mean, at this point, you got to assume it's going to be. And then uh, Calgary's final game of the season is on the road in Winnipeg, uh, which is also sort of interesting. Those both have OT written all over them. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's that's six points in games. Easy, easy. Overtime wins in both of them. 
<laughs> yeah. No shootout wins. <laughs> yeah, ugly. Uh, yeah, okay, so, um, you know, a couple other things. Um, we, you know, we were running down uh, the injuries, and it'll be interesting to see if Arlamov is out here. Um, you know, I think that that could be, you know, losing McKinnon, if they, you know, which is obviously not good, even though he was having a tough season, uh, he's still a potential difference maker every time he's on the ice. Um, uh, and, and then if they lose Varley too, that 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 really might be sort of the the final nail in the coffin for at the for the Avalanche, whether or not they realize it right away. Um, okay, uh, so it it sounds to me like um, you know we're going to take this loss in stride. Uh, the you know into each playoff drive, a little rain must fall. Uh, it's really it's not about tonight at this point. It's really about looking ahead and and preventing tonight from becoming the start of a, a losing streak. And um, I guess in that regard, I I'm happy that the next game is against New Jersey. It'd be, you know we get a game to sort of get our act together before we get into the really a really really ugly stretch of the schedule where we see Anaheim, St. Louis, Nashville, Washington, St. Louis five in a row. I mean that's. That's murderer's row for all intents and purposes, even though uh, we just beat Washington and even though Nashville has been playing poorly of late. Um, so that, 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 that's real ugly. <laughs> uh, so, uh, know, yeah, even in the best of circumstances, that is not something I'm looking forward to. No. Mm-hmm. But and if they, they come out of those and five games with, yeah, if they come out of those five games with six, seven points, and all of a sudden then I think you've got it locked down. Well, yeah, one of, one of you guys said on the forums the other day, I think it was, you know, uh, Dubs and Nini, you know, um, supported it, whatever that, what is it, 8-1, 8 and one to get to 96 points? I think that yeah. sounds right. In, including, yeah. including this game, or today's game, that was one of those eight losses, so... I mean, right, so 8-7-1 the rest of the way? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. It's yeah, so, you know, like, human, human-like... Break yeah. schedule the rest of the way to hit ninety six points or ninety five points. Play play like a wild before Dubnik and the deal still probably. <laughs> hold hold on there. <laughs> okay, 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 all right. You shut your face. <laughs> all right, gents. Uh, let's get to some final thoughts here. Let's start with you, Jared Mason. Uh, yep. Again, I'm I, I'm not. You know, even though I haven't seen the rest of this game, I'm not. I'm, you got you guys did a great job of uh, not letting me worry too much about it. Um, so thanks. Um, still just looking for looking for a response to it. So see how they how they do going because they they absolutely can't um, let it get to them. They can't. I mean, they, I know we just said like eight seven one or away, but you know, let's not let's not. Uh, they 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 can't make any more mistakes too too much. So that's where I'm at. Doubles? Uh, yeah, just get back on it on uh, Tuesday night against the Devils. Um, Got to really, really make a uh, while they can here uh, with that daunting uh, last eight or ten games on the schedule. So, gotta, gotta make hay here. Yeah, uh, Mike. Uh, I'm in the same place. I guess where I where I. You know, the, the one thing I'd point out is we don't want to put ourselves in a position where we need to win those last eight games to hit the magic <laughs> number. Um, you know, it, but like I said before, I mean, I, I'm not too concerned about us getting into that position. I, I think I think they're in a, in a good spot, and you know, they're, they're still playing the way that we want them to play. And you know, hopefully, they don't come in 
uh, you know, against New Jersey and, you know, shit the bed. And, you know, not that I expect that to happen. I don't think that'll happen, but I uh, just need to make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yep. Uh, just for some additional perspective, uh, as we've said, right now 79 points in 66 games uh, projects to 98.15 points over 82. That will, should get them in. However, if they do not beat New Jersey, if they get zero points against New Jersey, they'll have 79 points in 67 games. That projects to 96.68. So you're under that sort of 97 magic number right now of, I think, clear safety. So um, they're going to need at least a point out of that Jersey game, and I, I would, given the schedule that we talked about after that, I would really like them to see – I would like to see them get back to sort of this uh, – uh, this, this strong play that we've been accustomed, grown accustomed to the last couple of months. Now the question is going to be, does Kemper play? Right? Do you start yeah. Kemper against New Jersey, a wounded team, and your last chance to give him a game before you get into some real ugly toothiness uh, in this in this uh, in the schedule? And um, you know, I know we've already. We've already gone through last last thoughts, but real quick, anybody want to give me their thoughts on whether or not Kemper should play on Tuesday? Well, I, I think as I, you know, I included it in my my piece today um, that there, there are three more back-to-back scenarios for the rest of the way. So, I mean, you can't I – mean, you got to think that Kemp, Kemper is going to have to be played in at least one of those, right? Um, to think that, that Dubnik can now play 16 more games is – pretty unlikely with three back-to-backs in the last, like, ten games or so. Mm. i got to think he's going to play at least a couple times. And then what happens if he does? Like, just just give him the two points right away or what? Short, short, short leash. <laughs> um, I, I really – I like what Yo said. Um, I think it was before the Carolina game on Friday night. I like Yo uh, when he said, you know, yeah, we can look – you know, we can look at games down the road as far as when we can get Kemper in. But the fact of the matter is, if we don't win games now, the games down the road don't matter. Don't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So would you yeah, advocate for playing Dubnik then on Tuesday, Doubles? It's, I mean, Kemper has to play at some point. Um, but uh, like I said, it's, it's, he's going to be on a short leash. I mean, honestly, what I'd like to see, and and you know, I don't know how realistic it is, but you know, maybe maybe have Bob Mason, you know, take Kemper out for some extra, you know, practice before the before a game, and just have a closed door meeting without Kemper there, and just say, look, just do everything you can to protect him tonight, and and you know, play as if he's he's a brand new goalie in this league, because you know he needs the confidence. We need him to have the confidence. We need to, him to win a couple of games here. So, do whatever you can, and and you know, don't shit yourselves if he lets one in. And that, that's a great point because I think the the rest of the team was just as culpable for the for the level of play that uh, was commensurate with how their goaltending was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. saw the whole team panic in that situation, and and you can't have that. You know, you you need, you know, you you can't have the the ice girls out there shoveling shit. I mean, they're out there to shovel, <laughs> you know, snow off the ice and look good in tight pants. Well, I'm not I'm not going to try and touch that one. So. Uh... Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I, I now having lost this game in regulation, um, I'm an lean. I would personally lean towards playing Dubnik, all else being equal, on Tuesday, and, and then you know, I mean, if the if the worst case scenario is that in the next five games after that, the you know Anaheim, St. Louis, Nashville, Washington, St. Louis, 
that uh, you need Kemper to come in and mop up duty in a game that we're getting spanked in. Well, then there's no pressure on him anyway. And if he comes mm-hmm. in that scenario, so um, to me, after the Jersey game, the next best chance to give him a, an actual start is probably that Toronto game on Monday the 23rd, uh, which is the first half of a, a road back-to-back. The second half is the next night in Long I- on Long Island. Uh, that's pr- that's by far, I think, the the weakest opponent we have the rest of the way after New Jersey and, and including New Jersey. So um, I don't know that I want to go another two weeks before you get him in there. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's what we have tonight for the five-minute major. Uh, for doubles, Mike Berg and Jared Mason, we thank you for listening, and we'll come back to you soon. Recording has stopped. Has <laughs> it? <laughs> Talk shoes. Are we, are we still talking shoes? We're still talking about shoes.